Welcome in to another Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Thomas Miller with you. Thanks for joining us. We're going to go back to the Bible today and talk about a story that I think has significance not only for life, but especially for where we are in these times, especially if you feel like you've ever blown it or if you feel like you have done something that really you shouldn't even deserve a second chance or if you feel like you've let someone in your life down or you figure you just can't get and stay in a constant groove, or if you just feel like you're running away from things too often. Maybe it's better over there always. Or if you just flat out feel like a schmuck, (laughs) which I know is all of us at some time or another. And as I go back and think of my own story, it sure was when I sat down in late 2008, seven nine, and started to put my life back together. I felt all of those and more and really didn't even know what to do about it. And that's how this podcast came about was just an audio blog, a document, a documentation, if you will, of what I did in my own life. Well, now as we've evolved together over these last eight years, I think we can look back at some of these old classic stories and get some great truth from them. Now, as you know, as part of that journey, I kind of had to set that stuff aside in my own life. But I will tell you this, that especially after narrating all this volume of work for Fred Dodson, and particularly, I'm going to say, in the last couple of years of his work, where things have shifted more to a different take on antiquity, basically, our roots, things from the past, and exploring what different cultures around the world view about spirituality brings me back to the point that we can find gold in every tradition. So setting all the other stuff aside, let's go into an old story in the Bible that has a lot of great lessons if we're feeling maybe like we're not such a high success right now. I did this a couple of podcasts back about a story in the Old Testament, and many of you said that you liked what we did there of taking these old stories and putting a different spin on them. So I figured we'd do one from the New Testament this time. This comes from a story from Jesus in Luke chapter 15. And first, I find it interesting that there only one of the four gospel writers included this story. So I'm not sure the context of that, and uh, like I said, there are just too many unknowns for me to try to elaborate on the origin of this story, the authenticity of this story, or even the authorship of this story. But it's a good story. (laughs) So let's just take it to say what the facts are. It is in Luke 15, and that is the only of the four Gospels that it is in. The story is commonly known as the prodigal son, and the story goes that a father had two sons, which, by the way, is rare, particularly back then. A man would have had many sons in order to be a success. And keep in mind that this is a parable. So the context of this is as an illustrative example, not as a true story. But any listener back then would have said, Why did he only have two? So again, gosh, this book that I just finished for Fred is called Extraterrestrial, Extra, see, I can't even pronounce it, Extraterrestrial Linguistics. 
and he goes into the origin of translations and language. And as I've read over and over and over in that book, things have often been mistranslated. So how could this not be any different? So it might have been that the story was about two of the sons. And that's the contrast. We have the eldest son and the youngest son in this story. And the youngest son comes to his father and says, Father, I'd like my inheritance early. And back then, that was possible in their culture. So the father, who was a successful rancher and had acreage and crops and livestock, was successful enough that he took what he had and cut it in half and gave half of it to his son. The son then traveled to a land far away where he partied and lived it up and drank it up and blew all the money. (laughs) So after he blew all the money, he didn't have any friends left, and he was out of work, so he had to go find a job, and he couldn't buy a bus ticket to get back home, so he ended up feeding some pigs. And the story says that the corn that he was feeding the pigs even looked good to him. And then it says something very key. It says that he came to his senses and he said to himself, I will go back to my father's house because at least the servants there have it better than I have it here. That was me in 2007, 8, 9. That was me coming to my senses and realizing I've got to do something about me. Quit blaming everybody else. Quit looking to outside sources, taking an inventory of what is around you and saying, I've blown it and I need to do something different. In this case, it involved returning back to home base and trying to see what he could get. Well, it says that his father saw him coming from a distance. Isn't it interesting that the dad, the father, was watching for his boy and he ran to embrace him? Isn't that what we would do for our kids? Oh, I know, I know today with boundaries, yes, possibly with boundaries, but you know where our hearts would be. I know, again, personally, this happened in my own story because during those dark years, my own son pulled away from me, and when he finally started to come back, boy, was that ever a happy day, and there was just no even questioning of what had happened, why, or anything else, it was just, welcome back. Well, in this story, the dad was very happy, and so they put on a party and had a barbecue, had a big celebration, but not everybody was celebrating. Now the spotlight of the story changes from the father and the son to his oldest boy, who was standing over in the corner chewing his tongue. He was pouting. He was not participating in the party. So now look at the levels of energy that we shift to. So here we've had the son who ran away, the father, the love of the father, the joy of the father, the celebration of the father, these high energies. And we have somebody over in the corner of the room pouting. Boy, isn't that the way it is in this human existence? We have something to celebrate, and how many times is there somebody who reigns on our parade? They dampen the energy. They bring things to the table that take the air out of the balloon. They kill the mood. So we go from the Father's energy 
to the sun's energy of what? Revenge, anger. I mean, the, we go from the highest levels of energy to the lowest levels of energy. And it just shows you that this other boy is holding on to areas of superiority and certainly a lack of forgiveness. And, quite honestly, a hyperinflated ego because he had the perspective of all the right that he had done and all the bad his brother had done and how the never the twain shall meet again, basically. I'm not going to go over there with him. And the story concludes with this dialogue between the father and the son. And the father's point to the son was, we should be rejoicing because my son who was lost is now found. The boy has come back home. Now, if we extrude some presumptions after the story ends, we don't know. But we could presume that there was no inheritance left. We could presume that the boy had to work for the rest of his life. We could presume that he realized he had made a massive mistake that cannot be retracted any further. But we leave the story on a high note that basically the boy is back and we should celebrate. I have all kinds of takeaways from this, but let's just roll through about four or five here, okay? So one is, boy, is this ever a mistake of youth? And I know that a lot of younger people tune into this podcast. And one of the things that I would advise, in fact, for all of us, is that whenever we get to the point where things look better over there, somewhere on the other side, particularly if it has definitions of being easier, more glamorous, sexier, maybe frivolous or adventurous. You know, especially today in these times, I would say that we should guard ourselves against thinking that it's better on the other side. And boy, I know that it's easier to look at a current situation, given whatever it is, and I'm talking about relationship, job, geography, any of it, and think that it's just not what we want. And I'm not saying don't improve yourself. Please know the difference. And I think that's the key in this story is the boy took the money and ran and partied. You see what his motivations were. You understand where his heart was. He wasn't trying to improve himself spiritually. He wasn't trying to better the world for him and his friends or his social network. He wasn't trying to start a new Christian ministry or a radio program. <laughs> he was wanting to party, and that was his only perspective. It was the easy way out of what he thought was a confining situation. That's what I'm saying to guard yourself against. Oh, I would say on the other side of the coin here, absolutely look to improve yourself. I mean, that's my current story right now is I looked at where I was and I knew that it was not matching the energy of what would bring out the best in me. And I looked to improve it. I changed something. I changed geography and there was instant improvement. So I think that, yes, we can always do that and always following our hearts what I'm talking about is that rebellious streak that we all have at various times. We've all had that wild child moment that, you know, you've ever seen a wild horse? You ever seen the eyes of a wild horse? That's what I'm talking about. 
Now, let me say this, that if you are in a point where you want to go try something, okay, you want to have a little wild moment, what I would suggest, and a great lesson from this story that I doubt you've probably heard in church, is if you do, at least on the front end, put a what in the stock market they call a stop loss on your activities. A stop loss is if you buy a stock at, say, $10, you have the option of putting a stop loss on it at, let's say, $8. And I know this is a crazy example here, but the idea is how much are you willing to lose, right? You're going to put a speculative bet on this speculative stock, and it could go against you. So you're saying, well, I'm willing to risk $2. If it doesn't go my way, then I don't want to write it down. Put a stop loss at 8 If it goes down to eight, it'll take you out. It'll sell your position automatically. Now, this is a hard one, and I'm telling you in the moment, this would be really, 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 really hard to implement because in the moment when you get caught up in a new relationship or you get caught up in going with some friends that are going a certain direction that maybe would not be the safest, best way to go, and it's not what you've been doing before, but you're going to give it a try, it's hard to turn around. It is hard to turn that around. If you can govern yourself and put a stop loss and say, I am willing to go this far, here is my calculated risk, or it's kind of like you go to Las Vegas and you say, I'm going to roll the dice and have this much fun, and then if the house takes my money, I'm going to fold up and go home. Put that governance on yourself. And boy, I get it. I get it. That is hard to do. Now, the other thing, another point from this story is you have to come to your senses. I mentioned before, for me, that was 2008, 2009. I bought an RV and I came to my senses. I've got a buddy in Colorado, not Hemet. This is another guy. He's a fishing guide in the summer and he skis and he paints. He's a beautiful artist, landscape artist in the wintertime. And he was in Aspen back in the 1970s, and he was a competitive ski jumper. You know, these acrobatic ski, uh, there's a particular name for it. I forget what it is. But he was one of those competitive right out of high school. Well, he got caught up in everything that Aspen was back in the 1970s and in just different forms is probably still today. And when he knew that his life was in trouble, he said one Saturday morning he called all of his friends and his current girlfriend to a breakfast meeting at a restaurant. And he told them that he was going to go solve his problem of drugs and alcohol. And he said he wanted everybody at the table out of his life. He said it was something that he had to do by himself. And he fully knew and he told them, I may not come back. I may not make it through. A few months later, he was living under a bridge, and that was his moment of coming to his senses. He's been alcohol-free since 1970-something. I forget the year. It's a long time ago. But he came to his senses, and he turned his life around. You have to come to your senses. And I really do like the way that this story reads. If you read the story out of, the, out of Luke, you see that the boy did not just do a big beating-himself-up game. Like he didn't make himself all kinds of wrong. He just analyzed where he was. He realized and recognized his mistake. And he went for the only answer that he could lock on to. My story was a little bit different. I had to scrap the everything that was familiar, and I had to go find a different way. 
And that's the way that is revealed in the 200 and almost 50 episodes of this podcast. So however you do it, the genesis of a transformed life is that you have to come to your senses. Or like in this story, you have to say to yourself, it says, he says to it, he said to himself, I'm going to go back. And that's what you have to do. You have to come to your senses and say to yourself what the action is that you're going to take in the direction of resolving the problem. That's what begins the journey home. Now, here's another great lesson, especially for these times. And I'm thinking now kind of from the astrological correlations that I talk about a lot on the Fun Astrology podcast is that during this time that is governed by this returning to structure and foundation and changing what doesn't work, do a life evaluation where you look around the corners and pockets and areas of your life where you might be squandering, excessively partying, quote-unquote, and that might not be with friends and drugs and alcohol. It might be just little self-indulgences that are not the best. It might be living frivolously, unnecessarily. It's doing things that are not moving you in the direction that you really could be growing from a soul and spiritual perspective, but there's, there's these obstacles that are in the way, see? So the question is, where could you be more like the father or like the elder son? And I say this from the context that the dad and the elder son were back at the farm working day in and day out. They were keeping the business going. They didn't have the wild eye on the party scene. They had the wild eye on next year's crops. They had the wild eye on a cow that might need help giving birth in the middle of a cold night. They were doing the gutted out, if you will, work. The day after day, non-glamorous. Nobody's going to come write any headlines about what they were doing. Just the dailiness of keeping things moving in the direction. And when it gets daily and it gets boring, that's hard to do. But it's a great reminder. Here's one other one. Value what you already have, wherever it is. And realize that chances are you created it. And regardless of what you think about it, it's like, well, I'm in this mess. Well, yeah, okay, and you created it. And guess what? It might have been in the world of manifesting something that the universe helped you get. So from that standpoint, value the good parts of what you have. Be grateful for what you have. And then from that base, you can move toward what you want instead of what you don't want. In other words, this young boy who took the money and ran, ran away from what he thought he didn't want, and it turned out that it was just fine after all, if he had only valued what he had in the first place. You see that? That's a great lesson. So we really have some takeaways that we could do. What are some actions that we could put into place here? Well, first of all, are you looking with the wild eye of the horse? If you are, I would encourage you to cue up the Bob Newhart video on YouTube called Stop It. <laughs> Just Bob Newhart, Stop It. And <laughs> I would say, stop it, <laughs> because <laughs> chances are it can lead you down a bad path. If you are looking at something with the wild eye of the horse, put a stop limit on it. How much are you willing to go down that path? Second thing, if you find yourself in a position where you need to, come to your senses. 
and do it today. Let this be the podcast that would be the trigger of you coming to your senses. Also, in this time of structure, do a self-evaluation. Get out your journal and write down any areas that come to mind that could be tightened up. I've mentioned that so many times on here, but I think this is yet another reminder because that's the predominant energy that we're under right now. Tighten up loose ends. Where could you shore something up? And then the next thing is just in a moment of gratitude, really, you could take another page of that journal and express gratitude as you look through the areas and chapters and sections of your life of the things that you do have, because you've earned it, you've created it, you've been given it by the universe, so value and treasure what you do have, even if it doesn't seem like it's perfect. And then you can move from there. I hope this helps. This has been a great little exercise for me. I learned a lot of lessons from it. I've got some activities that I'm doing in my journal because of it, and I hope you will too. Thomas Miller, thanking you for stopping by again on the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. And as always, enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.